The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to The Power to Create Yourself with Ross Rameen. If you or someone you are close to is dealing with addiction, there are so many programs out there that can help you. But how do you gauge which ones are going to work the best for you? Some are expensive, some deal with some of the issues, but don't get to the heart of the matter. Others treat the problem at a basic level, but don't determine ultimate success. Join us now for an hour that sets out to be truly groundbreaking and will help you discover how to find the best program for your addiction problem. Now, here is Ross Rameen. Hi, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. It's such a pleasure to have you with us again. We have another episode of our Client Files where we get, um, we I call them clients, but they're not clients. I get some people in here that are that are actually clients here at Rebos in Los Angeles that love to tell their story. And then I've got some people that aren't. Um, they might work here. They might be just friends. Um, the bottom line is just to have people... Um, to kind of share their experiences of what they go through on a daily basis, where they've been, where they haven't, and hopefully you, the listener, um, can relate to them and realize that you're not alone, that there's um, a ton of us out there that um, go through this stuff on a daily basis, um, the ups and downs of life. Um, today we have Fabian. Um, welcome to the show, Fabian. Thanks, Ross. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you got it, man. Um, Fabian, you're 38 years old. Just to kind of paint a picture of who you are to the people that are listening, you're you're just a 38 um, year old uh, man. You've got two kids. Yep. Um, you've been sober for seven and a half months now. Yep. Um, is this the longest um, stint of sobriety you've ever had? It's not the longest. It's probably the cleanest. I've had 10 months of sobriety before. Wait, wait. What is? In all the episodes I've done, I think I know what you mean. But what do you mean by the cleanest? Well, I'm also a, uh, you know, I have several different addictions, uh-huh. so um, drugs and alcohol are just one of them. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, this time around, I've addressed all those other addictions, the love addiction, the sex addiction, all those. Whereas before, I was abstaining from drinking and using drugs. However, I was, um, you know, blowing up my life in other ways that were completely compulsive and completely in other addictions. It's more honest. No. Yeah, ex- exactly. It's honest. It's clean. You yeah. know, it's the first time, quite frankly, you know, I've, I've had 10 months prior, uh, twice. I've what were your t- drugs of choice? Heroin, opiates, yeah. oxys. IV, smoking, snorting? All the above. Yeah. All the above. Um, you know, as I found out this time around, Ross, it's really been something that I just used to numb out and, and, and as, I've, I've, I, as I've used alcohol, drugs, and other things since I was a kid. What were you numbing out? What do you think the biggest, I mean... I mean, I guess every day you're always, you're knowing something specific out. But was there like a like a bigger picture that you were knowing now? You know, it's interesting. I just two years ago I had about six months of sobriety, and I did this crash course called uh, Wally P's Back to Basics, where this guy took me through the steps in about a month. Um, actually, quicker than that, right? And that must have been. It was intense. Yeah. Because, I mean, I had never worked. That was, the, that was the first time I had ever attempted to be honest. And that was maybe 65% honest. But for a guy who's been lying his whole that entire life. Be, talking about turning yourself inside out, if you're doing it, 
in a month, all 12. That's crazy. It was intense. It was intense. And it really brought up a lot of things in my childhood that I had blocked out, traumatic things that had happened. And I think out of certain, you know, my father was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, you could argue, is untreated Al-Anon for sure. Um, what does untreated Al-Anon mean? Super codependent on just codependent. And she also used a lot of, and I love my parents. I think they just did the best that they could at the time. Yeah. Um, it's always like the disclaimer, right? You have to throw in there. Uh, but uh, I think it's an important thing, though. It's true. You have all your fingers and toes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, everybody's always cussing their parents out. But it's like, you put your be, you be a parent. It ain't easy. You don't know what to do. You're doing... I mean, I think a lot of parents just do things out of love. I mean, they're not trying to, like, granted, there are some parents out there that are literally trying to hurt their their, their loved ones, yeah. so to say, right. you know, physically and emotionally and mentally. But I think a lot of people, they, you know, they didn't know any better. They, you know, obviously if they could go back and do it again. They might do some, some things differently. Yeah. No doubt. You know, I think they did the best they could. And, uh, you know, my father was a great provider, you know. Um, so I think there was a lot of things from, I well, I know there was a lot of things from childhood that I had really blocked out. And um, a lot of it had to do with me just um, not feeling good enough, feeling less than many times, um, also um, uh, seeking validation, because I really didn't get validation in a healthy way at home. Um, For some reason, you know, I remember the first time I drank, I was 13 years old. I had this total crush on this girl that was a next door neighbor to a buddy of mine. And his parents were out of town and... um, and she came over and I was drinking and everybody was kind of drinking, but it was the first time, Ross, that I felt like I could like become this other personality and I could relate to this girl and talk to her. Wait, so you could just be somebody different? I could, and, and, and really from there, really- How old were you? 13. But really from around nine, I, I so remember- wait, Okay, we got to start back up here. <laughs> you, let's say you're 13 years old. Yeah. You're with this girl. Mm-hmm. And- you were drinking with her? Yeah. Okay. And is this your first time drinking? First time drinking. Well, I had drank before as a kid, but never, this is the first time I got lit, like drunk. And you're, you're coming together this quick with like, I can be somebody different. That's right. Nobody's ever said that. You know, actually, probably around eight or nine, when I was nine years old, um, I had some, uh, some, some sexual trauma that happened with my sister. Mm-hmm. She was 15. She was 14. I was nine. And I went from looking back now, and I had blacked this out. Really, it's why I mentioned like that time, that period of time where I worked the steps, tried to be as honest as I could, and this stuff started to come back. And it really took me back out again because I just wasn't ready to deal with it. Um, it's that powerful for me. Yeah, it's powerful. It really was. Um, you know, just unresolved, untreated childhood experiences that I think that uh, that I'm just now getting treatment for and I think that it, unless I'm able to kind of work through that that stuff doesn't define who I am today but I do need to work on some of that I, I and I have this time around and it's really helped but I you know going back to that I look at for example my son today he's nine years old he's an innocent kid I was too played little league baseball collected baseball cards when that event happened there was the switch that it, things kind of went dark and from there for whatever reason Uh, that I'm still trying to piece together was this idea that I could get better results. I could be better if I somehow was like an imposter. If I could become somebody else, I could seek people's approval and validation. Like a stage character. Exactly. Exactly right. And, and pretty much from nine, 13, that to eight months ago, that's what, that's how I've lived my life. How many stage characters have you had? Um, I'm suspecting you were not the same character at nine that you are at 38. 
No, I wasn't. But I think what all of those characters have in common is that they would do whatever it took to impress, to um, sound like, I mean, even when things went well with me, I'd have to put on some like special sauce to make it even better. And when things went bad, I would be able to, um, like in business or whatever it may be, I'd be able to spin that in a way where it's not really that bad. You really don't know what's going on. Here's what's really going on. The crazy part about it, Ross, is that I actually believe that. That's how in the disease that I was, where I actually believed my own bullshit. And it's fucking pretty scary when it comes to that level. In fact, I remember like a year, year and a half ago, two years ago, I started to realize like, man, I'm really fucking believing this bullshit that I'm creating in my mind. You manipulated yourself. 100%. And really, you know, the biggest hustle that I pulled is the hustle that I pulled on myself. You know, thinking I'm hustling other people, but really I'm hustling myself. Do you think you had, I remember when I got sober, and I've said this multiple times on this show, I counted up to 12 different types of Rosses. Mm. 12. Depending on who I was talking to. You know, I won't go through them all, but just to kind of give a gist of what it was, it's like, I had a Ross for my mom, I had a Ross for one of my sisters, a Ross for my other sister, mm. a Ross for my brother, different nephews and nieces, my my friends that lived in Chicago, my friends that lived in Lake Tahoe. Um, the Rosses that I went to each treatment center I went to had a different Ross of who I was. I couldn't just be a drug addict, like rolling into treatment. I had to have this backstory and kind of have this thing to kind of make me sound a little sexier, a little bit more crazier or whatever it was. How many, how many Fabians do you think there was? It's that's a good question. I mean, this reminds me of the movie. I'm not trying to freak you out a little bit, but you think about it. Well, you just it. did. It's too late, Ross. <laughs> you just did that. <laughs> but I mean, it's, an, it's a valid question. And yeah. I always bring it up to people and it really, people, it's like, think about it. I mean, you know, it's one of the most exhausting things on the planet. People just think they're just, there's there's an alcoholic Fabian or there's a drug addict Fabian, yeah. you know, and there's an alcoholic Susie Q and an alcoholic Johnny or whatever it is. But if you really think about it, nobody... Forget about the drinking. Forget about the drugs. I hate the, even thinking about, like, the disease. I think mm-hmm. it's bigger than the disease. Right. Think about, like, what actually is it in us that makes us feel that we have to have so many different us? It, what, why isn't the why isn't the cokehead Ross enough to, like, to facilitate everybody, all those people? It's like, is this bigger than, than the disease? Like, what is it? Like, and I'm not... I'm asking you a question that I don't know the answer to, and I because I, I always everybody's always like it's the disease, it's the disease, and maybe it is, but it's but it's like, are people in society are just doing that? Forget about drugs, forget about alcohol, yeah, you know, forget about addicts and alcoholics. It just seems like a lot of people everywhere are just are full of shit. Yeah, you know, today Ross, I'll it's like tell self-con- you, self-confidence or like it's like everybody feels like they got to be something else all the time. Yeah, and and I think the drugs and the alcohol just make a you know make us just a little bit more flamboyant. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, I, I don't know where I'm going with that, but it's like I just had to ask that. I, I don't know. I just want your opinion on it. You're a smart dude. Well, you know, today Ross, I'll tell you, and I'll I'll circle back to the to the topic we're talking about is. Today, for the first time in my life, I have authentic relationships. Now, I'm 38 years old. Never had authentic relationships, not with myself, not with anyone. Like today, I'm basically like, this is who I am. You know, people can accept it or not accept it. And sometimes there's a little fear associated with that, right? Rejection or, or whatever. Gonna, yeah, if they're yeah. going to accept it. But you know what? I'm okay with that today. And it just, you know, really, is, for me, um, 
a testament to the 12 steps and to the fellowships that I, that I belong to, um, to be able to get to that point. Cause I thought that was impossible. You know, I don't know how many characters I had. I know that certainly, like you just said, I mean, really, I've never thought about it, you know, but I can tell you that I did have a character for my parents, a character for certain friends, a character for, for, for different women, uh, a character for employees that I had at the time, um, for my children, for my ex-wife, yeah, for my in-laws. So yeah, there was, you know, always, it was just never authentic. It was, you know, junky hustle 24 seven. And it's fucking, it's exhausting. It's really, really exhausting. You know, it's funny. It's like when I got into treatment, I was, I was exhausted. I needed a lot of sandwiches because I was cracked <laughs> out and I needed a lot of naps. And I remember it was like three, four weeks into it. I stopped talking to outside people besides my clinical staff, right. my, my counselors. I didn't talk to anybody else because I quickly realized that no matter what came out of my mouth, it was a total lie or it was a, um, an exaggeration. Hmm. And it's not like an exaggeration that you're just telling like a good old fashioned fishing story where like, you know, right. you know, you, you caught like a 12 inch fish, but you, you're telling everybody you caught a 24 where I think is totally acceptable in this world. You know, you can, you can tell a little white lie about your fishing stories because right. that's just what that is. But it's like, if you told me you lived in a three bedroom house, I'd tell you I lived in a four. Yeah. If you had a 15 passenger plane, I had a 16 or, right. you know, if you had a house on a lake, I had a house on a lake and a mountain, you know, like it just, I always want upped everybody right nonchalantly you know let me give you a perfect kind of the way this manifested into my life russ three years ago i moved uh, from florida to malibu for four years ago four and a half years ago mm-hmm. for the first couple of years um i had this great business that was doing really well i moved into this beautiful beautiful home right on the pacific ocean five thousand square foot home five bedroom five bath i mean super nice house i lived there with my wife and my two children and um, I was using the whole time out of my mind. And, and it, it really was the tail end of a systematic destruction in, of my life over the course of about 10 years. And uh, her, she left. She, she left because, uh, you know, I was not faithful, a variety of different reasons. She was over the marriage. And I, um, I was in this home alone. And I'd have people come over, women that come over. And the fact of the matter was that the divorce and the fact that my sex and love addiction and drug use and every other thing blew up my business. I stayed in this home for about another 10 months. Wasn't paying rent. Wasn't, um, was making some money, but it was going towards the hustle. Was lying to everybody. In recovery, this is Fabian trying to be sober. And it was all just a total scam. And, you know, I couldn't come. Life I was a scam. I could not surrender to the fact that this is all bullshit. It's all a fucking lie. I can, my ego could not come to grips with fucking being able to just tell people, look, here's the reality of the situation. You rather go down on the sinking boat than jump yes. off into a life raft. hundred percent. That's exactly <laughs> what it was like. Like, and you know, I built this it's honorable. Boat. I'm going down with this ship where it's like, dude, <laughs> what are yeah. you doing? And people would, you know, and I, and, and I was going to AA at the time and I was like, Mr. AA, cause I would take commitments. I was the greeter, you know, setup guy, all this stuff. Had another a, stage character, another stage character, Mr. AA, look at how great <laughs> my fucking life is. When the truth is I was dying inside. And the, and the, the reason was, is because not only was I living the double life, I, I wasn't honest with anyone, including myself. And it's like, you know, 
they I hear all the time like this is a simple program and um, it's it's it is simple, but getting honest is is fucking hard. At least for me, it was. And I think for I think for cats out there that are lying and and cheating and stealing and doing everything out a drug addict alcoholic does their whole entire life. You have to really something really has to happen. Or how about just a person, just a non-functioning, dishonest person does? Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. So you know, it it all um, had to, you know, and, and that wasn't enough actually. From there, I, I continued to string. This is my last run. This is a, you know, when it really, really hit bottom. It really started the 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 kind of, the 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 daisy chain of events started about three years ago, and it took me to, eventually. Eight months ago, um, having a horrible relationship with the mother of my kids, not seeing my children for almost three months, uh, completely financially insolvent because I blew up a very good business to smithereens, uh, driving around with uh, a loaded loaded guns in my car, uh, people out to get me, warrants out for my arrest, kicked out of my apartment because my my roommate thought he was go- I was going to kill him. I mean, a multiple thi- multiple list of things that happened. And you know what? I'm not fucking proud of that, but that's the, that's what had to happen to me. So that I could realize, like, man, I'm fucking complete. Yeah, it's, it is my story. It's, it's your chapter. It's 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 a valid few chapters in your life. You know, and I don't know if it's the junkie in me, Ross, but I, I when I say that stuff, I almost feel like I always have to tell people, hey, I'm not proud of this. You know, this isn't cool, right? Like, like I was completely fucking desperate, and uh, thank God I asked for help. Thank God I asked for help, and thank God I got honest. And you know it, it it it's you know this like I said that's why I started this off which this this seven and a half months my sobriety date is June twenty fourth, twenty sixteen has been the cleanest time that I've had. What's that? When's June twenty fifth? There you go. We're in the same graduating class, off by about ten years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're talking with Fabian um, right now about his life and what he's been through mm-hmm. and. Uh, <clears throat> He is. Uh, you've really kind of laid out. I think the moral of this whole story is: is you were you were living somebody else's. You were living another life that was not yours at all. Even though you were married, you have two kids, beautiful house on the Pacific Ocean in Malibu, California, fancy pants, um, and you're not who you are. All a fraud. You're total BS. Yeah, hundred percent. Wow. Yeah. Um, when we get back, I want to know a couple different things. Um, how did you get out of it thinking, you know, this was an impossible state that you were in. I know that mind frame you had and, um, are you embarrassed? I want to get to that when we get back from our break. Okay, cool. Um, if you want to find out more about, uh, Rebos and the program that we have here, you can go to Rebos, R-E-B-O-S treatment.com. And if you're missing any part of this show, check me out on iTunes on the podcast. It's Ross Ramin. Um, you can hear past shows that we have and, um, get caught up on where we are today. If you're just joining us and, uh, we'll be right back. Thanks. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Getting sober isn't just about not drinking and not doing drugs. It's a way of life. At Rebos, we have a team of talented professionals, each with their own clear and distinct message to walk clients from the darkest point in their lives out into the light. Rebos offers a carefully curated selection of groups and workshops in addition to a minimum of six individual sessions per week. At Rebos, we believe there are no cookie-cutter clients. 
and we meet every individual where they are at today. It's not a Rebos program. It's your program. Our team wants to help as many people as possible become who they want to be. And if you don't know who you want to be, we'll help you. Visit Rebostreatment.com to learn more about the Rebos Treatment Center. That's R-E-B-O-S Treatment.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to the power to create yourself with ross ramin to find out more about ross and the program visit the rebos treatment center website at rebostreatment.com now back to the power to create yourself hi welcome back to the show thanks for joining us this is ross ramin and uh this is the power to create yourself uh we have fabian on today for another episode of our client files um he's going through his um you know pretty amazing story of where he's at um a couple of the highlights that he was telling us is that I really like Fabian was this was the cleanest. You've been sober for 10 months before, but this is the cleanest months that you've ever had. And to me, that sent goosebumps down my spine because it's, you know, I, we get a lot of people that come to treatment here and I'm sure you've seen them in the, in the rooms and, you know, out and about. It's like, you'll see people, they'll have years, sometimes decades. And then they relapse and they'll have, Let's just, I'm picking a number. Let's say they had five years clean and sober, and now they have five months. And I, and I love asking them, like, how do these five months compare to your five years? Mm-hmm. And just where you're at. And without a doubt, if people are doing what they're supposed to be doing, getting rid of their ego, they will say these five months are more solid than the five years that they had. And, I mean, that's kind of like what you just said right now. I mean, if this is your clean... The seven and a half months was cleaner than your 10 months you had before. What, yeah. You know, I, I said before we went to break, There's, I just have more questions I want to ask you because you, you're, you're very well-spoken and I think you think a lot, which I think also screws you up, <laughs> <laughs> which I think you trip over at times. And I say that with a lot of love and affection, but yeah, I no, think I you got trip it. over that sometimes. Yeah. But I also think it's important. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. You, got, you're, you want to be better. You want to be more, you want to, you know, not, well, I mean, I guess better is just kind of the outcome of it, but I think you just want to be a more efficient human being. I mean, you're just, I think you're realizing you're 38 years old and you're not being used to your full potential. Right. You're not using yourself to your full potential. Yeah. What do you think, you know, and I want to get to these things of what you're embarrassed by, you know, the questions that I brought up before we went to break, you know, how'd you get through the impossible stuff and what are you embarrassed by? But what... What do you get tripped up by now? Like, what what do you look out for? Granted, you look out for drugs and alcohol, and you look sure. out for you know stupid girls and drama. Right. But what is what thought processes do you keep front and center so that you don't go back down that rabbit hole again? Yeah, I mean that's that's, that's a good question. You know, there's a, a variety of them. Um, I'd say the first and foremost is really the the being able to balance the highs and lows. 
right? My life is really big today. There's a lot of blessings in my life as a result of staying sober. And um, sometimes there's a lot of highs that come from different wins that I'm having. And in the past, those wins would be, fuck, let me, let me now, let me, let me get higher. Let me take this to the next level. Happier. Right. Or how can I, yeah, exactly. How how can I continue this, you know, (laughs) how can I keep this feeling going? Um, Same with the lows. You know, I, uh, as I mentioned, man, you know, I I think, you know, the big book talks about sex. I think that a lot of uh, alcoholics and drug addicts, my personal opinion, uh, struggle with some kind of sex and love addiction. Um, I certainly, you know, have... uh, with relationships, I struggle with relationships, relationships with myself, you know, but relationship with others that if I'm not, you know, I remember I had a lot of, a lot of guys with time tell me a couple different things, um, in AA. And that's why I had to go outside of AA, um, as well. But I, uh, had people tell me, listen, you know, maybe you should consider no relationships for the first year. And I was like, fuck you. There's no way I'm doing that. Right. And I should have, that's probably advice I should have taken because I wasn't ready. Um, same thing with, uh, you know, guys in A would tell me, listen, you could, you could go out there and have as much sex as you want. Just don't drink or use it no matter what. Well, I can't do that either because that's another trigger for me. Because me acting out in that way, drugs and alcohol many times will be part of that. Yeah. So I'd say for now, you know, my, so those are kind of the things that are triggering. My focus today, just for today, uh, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, um, is, uh, work on the relationship with Fabian. You know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, um, I remember when I first tried eight months ago, when I was first really just trying, like really desperate, I called a guy, you know, brother in the program, and uh, I started to download on him. Like, here's what's going on, like in the total manic, you know, fucking way, right, that we do when we're in that fucking twisted spot. And he just cut me off. He's like, well, well, he's like, you know, what you need to do is you need to ask yourself, who is Fabian? And I, I didn't have an answer for that. Because I had been this imposter for so long. And um, I'm, I'm getting a clearer picture of, of who I am today, who I want to be. Um, but, you know, those are the things that I need to be vigilant over is the highs and lows, relationships in general. Um, I also have to be really cautious of, of, of my honesty. Like, for me, it's like little lies can lead to bigger lies or secrets are really, really deadly for me. I am so... I am so grateful, Ross, that right now I'm sitting here with you. I have no secrets. I have a 100% authentic relationship with you. We've known each other maybe like six months. You've helped me out a lot when we've wrapped out. My relationships today with my ex-wife, with my ex-in-laws, with my is there's no jive. Now, have I done fifth steps with all of them? No, I don't need to. But currently, there's no, there's you know, there's no, uh, there's no secrets whatsoever. And before, man, it was all about secrets. You know, I always tell my clients when I meet with them, you brought up the little lies. And that just hit such a thing for me because it's, I quickly found out when I was in treatment, and it doesn't matter who, whether you're in treatment or you're not in treatment, whether you're a drug addict or you're not a drug addict, that the little things in this world are everything. The little victories, the little setbacks, the little negativities, um, the little, every little things add up to big things. And I always remembered when I was in treatment that half the reason, half the reason why I stopped talking was this because the little things that I, I, you live in a four bedroom house. I tell you, I live in a five. It was like, 
not only do I not live in a five bedroom house, I don't even live in a house. <laughs> like I, my house, my mailing address was my rehab. Uh, like for a while, I had my own mailbox yeah. there. It was jacked up. I had no cell phone. I had nothing. And so it's like, who the, I'm, I can't even like, I mean, it's not even like, it's just so crap. But I had a mental image of myself climbing, like, because life, you're climbing a mountain. Yep. That's what life is. And it goes up and you have a little plateau. It's like little resting areas, great scenery, that type of thing. But you have a backpack. And it's like, if you're climbing up a mountain and you just pick up little rocks, after time, your backpack, I mean, one rock equals two rocks. You know, it just yeah. it adds up in weight. And I was looking in, in that sense of, of, of lies, of exaggerations. It's like every day you can pick up and put these little things in your back, but it's just going to kill your back. It's absolutely exhausting. Climbing up this mountain we call life right. is steep enough. Yeah. Why are you adding this backpack that's like one of the – you know those hefty um, garbage bags that like they're unrippable? They just stretch to keep yeah. going? Yeah. That's what the backpack's like. It just keeps getting bigger. And it's like somebody cut this damn thing. Get rid of all this crap. I am the same way now. It's like the dude you see in front of you is just that's what I'm at. Whether I'm fun or I'm not fun, I you know, I don't care what you think. It's this is just me. Right. Um and my wife knows that, my dog knows that. You know what? There's some quirkiness to me, but I am not gonna lie to you to tell you another thing. Sometimes I do I sometimes I do get into my old me. I'm yeah, I'm not a perfect dude. Um, and, but I quickly come about and I admit, you know, that's wrong. That's my ego getting the better of me. I shouldn't have blown up like that. I shouldn't have, you know, there's nothing more satisfying. You know, people always like to say, you know what? I can't, or, you know, you know, it's one thing to say you can't, and then you figure out how to do it, but there's something kind of gratifying to say, you know, you know, that's not my stick. You know, I, I don't know how to do that. For sure. There's nothing like, there's something very gratifying about that because it's not like you got to lie about it. Right. And, you know, when it comes to work and when it comes to, a lot of people want to fucking, they, they're like, can't can't say I don't know how to do something. You mm-hmm. know, it's a little scary and it's almost like, you know, saying you don't know how to do it, but you'll figure it out. That's that's another thing as opposed to saying you know how to do it and then just kind of lying through your teeth. Um, what is, what is, I wanted to get to, are you, are you embarrassed about anything um today no what about yesterday yesterday yes i'm i mean there's a lot of things i'm embarrassed about you know there's a i'm I'm one of the type of addicts that when when i go down in flames i I typically hurt those that i love the most you're just a a buzzsaw of excitement exactly Exactly right. I mean, it is like, like gallons of gasoline and a Zippo lighter. That's right. It's like nine eleven around my inner, you know, medium circle. It's ground people. zero. That's right? exactly. All due right. respect to ground zero, but that's basically what it's like when that, I do drugs. Yeah, that's what happens. It's like Nagasaki, Hiroshima, simultaneously like detonating. Yeah. You know, and uh, and so I'm in, I'm embarrassed at the way that I treated uh, the mother of my children. Mm. Um, I'm embarrassed at the way that your I treated kids are my young parents. enough that they don't know that. You know, my nine-year-old, maybe you know, they're very they they observe a lot and they take in a lot. I today I have a very sweet relationship with both of them and a sweet relationship with their mom. I'd like to think that um, I I I started to get better in my life at the perfect time, and I wasn't a horrible father at all to them, but I wasn't I lacked that ability to stay present with them, and um, so I don't know, Ross. You know, 
I don't know, but I am embarrassed at the uh, the way that I treated their mother. Um, I'm embarrassed at the way I treated my ex girlfriend and things that happened in that relationship. Yeah. Um, and uh, most importantly, I'm somewhat embarrassed at the way that I um, just treated people in general, but also the way that I treated myself. You know, it wasn't kind and loving. Like you know, I used to hear people in rooms talk about practicing self-love and care. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> shut Yeah, shut up. the fuck up. Like, it's just so lame. Would you, you know? please be less yeah, cheesy. Exactly. Yeah. You know? the love of everything that's holy. <laughs> right. But, you know, it's like, I, I kind of get that now. Um, <laughs> you totally get And for me, that's that could be just, hey, don't stick needles in my fucking neck. You know what I mean? That's a pretty you good. needles in your neck? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so... You know, that's kind of the self-loving care that, that I, I practice. But that's kind of the embarrassment, really. Um, and, you know, I, I've been told that all those stories and all that stuff in the past can be used to help somebody. Uh, today, I try to help as many guys as I can. Um, you know, I, like I said, it's like my, my, my sponsor tells me that I'm a triple threat because of my, you know, three main addictions, right? Um and I find there's a lot of guys out there like that. And so I try to help them. That's what gets me out of self like nothing else. Showing up for my kids, showing up for their mom, being a worker among workers and showing up for work and being of service to the place that I work for um, and trying to help as many people as I can. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, it's really not that difficult. Uh, it is for me. I mean, it's like, I'm not perfect. Like you said, I'm far from fucking perfect, man. Yeah. But, uh, but that's kind of the algorithm that I've seen that is really helping me out. And it's different than than ever before in my life. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's there are parts of me that I'm so embarrassed about. You know, I'm really blessed to where I'm at, but I'm yeah. I mean, there's some things just like, wow, did I have a kick me sign on the back of my shirt? You know, yeah, like, you know, there's oh man. It, I, I don't even know how to say it. And you know what? I, I get over it. And some days I, I quickly get it out of my head because it's like I don't even want to think about it. I don't think, you, you know, it's motivation of what not to be in this world. But, I mean, there's some things it's just like I just don't even want to think about it anymore. And, you know, and I guess you're, you know, you try to when you get sober and when you really want to be somebody different, you kind of have to come to grips of everything you were, everything you did. Yeah. There's certain things. It's just like, oof. How much? How much do you guys talk about on st- on, on steps on the show, Ross? Um, it, uh, depending on the person, yeah. there's some people that we have on the show that they don't even um, they're not even mature enough. It's kind of like my opinion on on twelve steps and not twelve steps. It's there's they're just not mature enough in sobriety to even comprehend what they are. Yeah, and I've been through the steps and I'm actually going through them now right. again. Yeah, but it's like. You no, know, looking like an, you know, it's, there's certain things, it's like steps with the steps, and it doesn't take away the embarrassment of, just what an, what an ass you were. No, then. not at all. Not um, at all. But yeah, we talk about it a decent amount. Most people are in, the, you know, a 12-step fellowship yeah. um, program um, that come in here. Um, but I'm pretty convinced that when you were in such early, early sobriety, you don't even, you can say that you're part of it. But it's kind of like drugs. You can be in early, like, drug use, but you don't even know how deep you actually are in it. It's totally, like, you just can't even comprehend it. You can't even comprehend what 12 Steps actually is, what a spiritual awakening actually is. Right. You know, I got to say that um, 
I've heard this said before. It's you know, everyone's program and everyone, every way people stay sober is, is they say it's an inside job. It's their deal. I know guys that have long-term sobriety don't go to meetings. Others that may go to a meeting a month. You know, others that go every couple times a day. Right. Um, it's the second. You know, it's it, it's the second month of the year. And uh, the second step with respect to being restored to sanity, I just want to talk about that, you know, having the power greater than myself, restore me to sanity, because, you know, am I religious? No, I'm not. You know, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even say I'm spiritual, you know, because I, I, like some people try to really claim like a whole spiritual, that's just not me. Uh, I don't really meditate often, but I really have over the course of like last three or four months, the second step of something bigger than myself uh, I think is out there that that took me from where I was eight months ago in Malibu, living in Malibu, plucked me out of there and put me literally off the grid in a safe place where I could start to get honest and get better. And I've seen as a result of me living my life in consultation with guys that have time, taking direction, being authentic, like things in my life have happened um, just that are really, I can't explain, Russ. What, you know, Fabian, I want to take a quick break and I want to get back to that. That is, you just, you just kind of hit the nail on the head for me for a lot of what this is, talking about the spiritual solution of it and where you're going and something, something bigger. Um, and I also want to know what, what do you think when people say work in a program, what does that mean? Um, because now we're getting to the solution of why you're, why you're a happy dude every day. I want to know that. Um, so we're going to take a quick break. Um, again, if you have missed any of our show today or any of the other shows, you can go into um, onto iTunes um, underneath the Raw Streaming Podcast, The Power to Create Yourself, and you can, you can hear this show and all the other ones that we've done. Thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Getting sober isn't just about not drinking and not doing drugs. It's a way of life. At Rebos, we have a team of talented professionals, each with their own clear and distinct message to walk clients from the darkest point in their lives out into the light. Rebos offers a carefully curated selection of groups and workshops in addition to a minimum of six individual sessions per week. At Rebos, we believe there are no cookie-cutter clients, and we meet every individual where they are at today. It's not a Rebos program. It's your program. Our team wants to help as many people as possible become who they want to be. And if you don't know who you want to be, we'll help you. Visit Rebostreatment.com to learn more about the Rebos Treatment Center. That's R-E-B-O-S Treatment.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to The Power to Create Yourself with Ross Ramin. To find out more about Ross and the program, visit the Rebos Treatment Center website at rebostreatment.com. 
Now, back to the power to create yourself. Hi, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us. Um, we're back here talking with Fabian. Fabian, I just want to jump right into it. Um, we're kind of getting into the solution avenue of this whole thing. And um, and you went a direction that I'm, I didn't provoke you in. And I just totally dig it. And it's something bigger than you makes you, let me not put words in your mouth, but I just got goosebumps saying it. Um, I don't know why. I just feel, I just feel totally overwhelmed right now. Um, by it. something bigger than you is making you have success today. What do you mean by that? You know, the funny thing is, Ross, I can't really explain it. Um, like I said earlier, I was, I remember last November, I was, last November, I relapsed last November, I didn't tell anybody. I, I basically took it to the point of where I claimed I had a year of sobriety. Um, but I relapsed on a bunch of Xanax and alcohol um, over a relationship. And uh, I remember several days afterwards praying to God. And, you know, I grew up religious. But, again, when I say God, I don't want to turn people off thinking that, you know, it's a religious program or anything like that because it's not. Um, I remember praying to God, please, please help me stay honest. And just like a – just like a – you know, in early sobriety, we count days or, or, you know, however long you're sober. I remember being able to get to like day five of not lying or bullshitting anyone and then fucking relapsing on like lying or just not being honest. And um, so that's happening. And then in, I, I remember because my sobriety date is, like I said, it's June 24th, June 22nd, I was pretty much on the verge. I was homicidal, suicidal, on the verge of, of, I had been playing phone tag with my sponsor, right? And I had never met my sponsor. My therapist, who's still my therapist today, put me in touch with this guy. He's like, hey, call this guy. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll sponsor you uh, in a couple different fellowships. And um, we had been texting and playing phone, phone tag. And I remember I had been on a, I had been on a, on a run, just thank God with alcohol. And I was sitting in front of a motel in my car, alcohol in my car, um, a door knock away from a sex worker that I had had about a three and a half year on and off relationship with where we would sh- she'd shoot me up with dope. And um, she was waiting for me. And the phone rings and it's my sponsor that I had never spoken to. And um, he asked me to commit to a bunch of different things. And I couldn't commit to anything but to go to a meeting and tell guys in the room that I had alcohol in my car. And, and the following day is my, is my sobriety day. Um, I don't know how that happened, Ross. I really don't, man. That call and the timing of that call potentially saved my life. I don't know, like I mentioned before the break, what plucked me out of a place of an acting out spot where I was completely on the road to complete destruction. Jail, best case scenario, definitely death. I mean, really believe that 100% to where I'm at today. I I don't know. Um, It wasn't me, though. I know that. And I could attribute it to different people that have helped me along this path. You being one of them. Like I said, you and I have wrapped out several times about jam-ups that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, how did those people come into my life? You know, I'll tell you that. The, 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 here's another example. And this is what I mean by like, uh, it's not so much about this higher power so much. as I'm looking at my life and what's happened in the last eight years. And, and like the, 
interjection of, of events and people into my life. Like, how the fuck did that happen? Right? The guy who, uh, um, that my, my therapist, Cena McFarlane, that I, that I talk with, um, I heard from him. I, I did a fourth step with, the, with another therapist in Malibu uh, on sex and finances. And he's like, hey, buddy, I think you should speak to this guy. An hour later, I'm with another buddy, brother in, uh, in AA um, at a meeting. And in his share, he brings up the same guy. So within an hour, I hear this guy's name, you know, and they don't even know each other. Wow. So I start reaching out to this guy and I finally go, go meet with him. And, you know, again, it's just kind of a providential path that, that followed. So I don't know what it is, Ross. I can't explain it. I know there's something greater than me out there. Right. Um, and I today try to live as aligned with that as possible, you know? Um, and again, I'm fucking far from spiritual. I'm a really troubled guy, you know, that's just trying to do the right thing today. Um, but I certainly believe that, that, um, for me, at least speaking for this alcoholic, that is a critical step towards me being able to, um, to stay sober today is acknowledging there's something great. Cause my plan fucking sucks. When I take my will back, it always goes down in flames. And I have, you know, 28 years of 27 years of, of proof that my plan doesn't work. So that's kind of my, you know, that's how I feel about that second step in the, in the power greater than myself. You have 28 years that your plan doesn't work. Yeah, down in flame. My my blueprint for living is, is fucking broken, man. Isn't that funny? But it's like, this is just how twisted this stuff is. It's like, <laughs> you can get food poisoning from a sushi place just one time, like a mild case of the trots. Yeah. <laughs> you are not going back to that sushi restaurant to save your life. <laughs> There is no way. And you could go totally cockeyed, sideways, upside down, guns in the back of your car. This chick's destroyed you. This business, blah, blah, whatever it is. And, like, it takes you 28 years. Yeah. A sushi restaurant might take you 28 minutes to realize that you're We're never going bad. back. Forget about it. Yeah, I'm done with this place. But it's just like your head tells you everything is okay when it's not. And until you have that spiritual awakening that I'm convinced you don't need 12 steps to do it and you don't need non-12 steps, it's just really sitting down, getting, freaking yourself out in the sense of where you are, where have you been, and kind of a glimmer of where you'd like to go. Like, if that trifecta can come together, like this triangle of spirituality, you know, you can, like, it's all you need then to get to another level. I mean, right. and I see people doing that. It's like you can have a spiritual awakening when it comes to business. You know, your business is going under. This is what you need to do. Sure. I've had that. Right. You know, um, it's just, it's a, I want to talk about, I heard, how do you maintain a spiritual awakening? I just learned this the other week. A great way to define it, but I want to know because you're fancy pants, smarty pants. <laughs> how, how do you define a spiritual awakening, and how do you maintain it? No, you just defined a spiritual awakening, basically by what you went through. How do you maintain a spiritual awakening? You know, I, I've uh, again not getting religious. Just is what works for me. I find that days when I wake up in the morning and get down, get on my knees and pray, those days are typically better than days that I don't do that. Um, I find that I get a lot of my higher power from 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 men in, in the program and being able to let them know in real time, like, here's what I'm thinking. Like, these are the bad shit, crazy thoughts going on in my mind right now. 
and I get immediate, you know, like on the group thread text message and I get immediate feedback on it. That helps me kind of stay in that alignment. And I also look, you know, talking about working with other people, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example of how I think this in a, in a kind of roundabout way helps my spiritual condition is that I am uh, eight months sober just or seven and a half months sober. We talked earlier about, hey, maybe no relationships for the first year, right? Maybe what about entertaining the idea of how's my relationship with Fabian? How's that relationship going on? Date you know? yourself. Right. Date myself. Do me right now. Yeah. Right. And, um, and so I'm thinking, yeah, you know, that makes all the sense. I know intuitively that's what I should be doing. But, you know, I, I want to date other people or I want to get back together with my ex-girlfriend, whatever. And I'm, ta- I'm helping the guy out. You know, he's a sponsee. He has like six seconds of sobriety. He relapses every other day, right? But I do think he wants it. And I've seen that bright light sometimes. And uh, I think he's on like day one today and I'm taking him to work in the morning. And he's talking to me about how he met this girl all organically and he wants to go out on a date with her tomorrow. They have a date already set up. And, you know, and I gave him my suggestions, but that helps me look at myself. And I think part of that, my spiritual condition is really being able to reflect on what's going on with Fabian. What's the relationship that I have with myself, right? And then being able to realize, like, what are the feelings? Like, when I am at those high and low points where I want to act out or I, you know, I don't really get the, the need so much for drinking and using a day, um, what are the feelings behind that? When I'm, you know, when I want to do something stupid or I want to fucking do something reckless, what's going on? Um, that helps me maintain my spiritual, uh, maintain my spiritual condition. It's far from perfect, man. You know, it really is, but it's much better than it was. The volume has been turned down from a 16 to probably like a seven or eight. And I'll take that. So, um, that's, that's kind of my answer to that. Mm. Yeah. No spiritual awakening. It's, you know, that's what everybody's trying to go through in this world. And it has nothing to do with God. I, I, you know, people get so freaked out by the God word and, you know, in any form. And I always tell people, it's like, this has nothing to do with God. This is you finding your personal rhythm in this world, how you roll. And it's an awakening. How do you, you don't awake with, you know, there's spiritual experience and there's spiritual awakening. Actually, in the first printing of the big book, they, uh, Bill W. had spiritual experience. And literally, you know, they printed out a hundred some odd books. The second printing, he changed it from a spiritual experience to spiritual awakening. I just learned this. Hmm. And it changed everything for me of how I thought. And this is just a couple weeks ago at nine and a half months, of, nine and a half years of sobriety. Right. Spiritual awakening is a gradual, it's like a dimmer switch. But it's a dimmer switch that's on a spring activated thing. So it can, as you crank it up, if you let go of it, it'll slowly go back down. Hmm. So you always have to keep a little pressure on it so it's always moving up. And it's an awakening. It's not like, boom, you wake. Right. You know, it's it's that's an experience. It's boom. It's like, boom. It's awakening. It's gradual. And every day you're going to learn something. And every day you're going to have something else and else. It takes a little bit of the pressure off because everybody's looking for that aha moment that's going to knock them. You know, I remember when I went up to treatment up in my first time in treatment up in northern Minnesota, everybody's waiting for some magical white deer with sparkles around to come sure. out of the woods to have that aha moment as they sit on the perfectly positioned bench. And that may, you know, oh, that may or may not happen. No, that totally could happen because that actually happened to, you know, that happened to Bill W. That's happened to certain people. They have those holy smokes moment like, boom. and I guess everybody has those at times, like little ones, like little blips in the thing. It's just not gradual. There's certain people that go from zero to hundred, very few. 
very few. But from zero to 100, it's usually a gradual thing with little, little you know, blips of excitement. I think the prerequisite for that spiritual awakening, if indeed people have it or don't have it, is the ability to be vulnerable and be honest. Because Which you're is blocking. scarier than hell. Yeah. I mean, you Forget know, if, about you're, it. if you're not vulnerable or you're not honest, at least with one person, then I think you're blocking that ability to go higher. And, you know, when we, we talk about the, the higher power thing, you know, listen – I get people get jammed up about the higher power because of religious reasons or whatever. I mean, I grew up. But they're making they're making a decision on uh, they're they're jumping to a conclusion on a higher power. It's like uh, it blows my mind because it's like hundred percent. They related to like what the higher power was growing up as a kid. What they were force fed. It's peephole vision. It's looking through a peephole at what's going on. This guy I'm doing the steps with right now, who's amazing. We didn't start with step one. We started with step 12. He's like, you got to know where you're going before you start step one, because otherwise step one, if you're not in the right mind frame, it's going to be scarier than hell. Mm. Read step one. It's like if you're growing a business, you want to make X amount of dollars a year. This is what you need this and you need that. Who we're going to make this. <laughs> yeah. You got to know where you're going. Mm. And it totally made sense. It was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Why am I only hearing this in nine and a half years? This guy's got 30 some odd years and he just picked this up like four years ago. So it's like, it's, we have such a narrow vision of what is needed and what's not needed. It screws up everything. It's like, you don't even know what God means until you read as you understand it. Yeah. And you know, the truth is, man, the you know, higher power could be the people you meet in the rooms, uh, a, a, a religious figure, a non-religious figure, the ocean, your cat. Like, I don't fucking give a shit, man. Your you know, higher like, my higher power when I first got in was just to be able to be allowed to come home. There you go. Like, I for the first six months, eight months, a year, I don't remember what it was. It was like, my goal is just to get sober enough that my family will let me come home for the holidays. Yeah. Because <laughs> right now it's August and it ain't looking very good. <laughs> you know, Ross, I love the idea of the, starting with the 12th step. Mm-hmm. Because the 12th you know, step is helping others being of service. And I got to tell you, man, what's another thing different this time around for me is the spiritual awakening. Yeah, you know, the, this time around, I'm actually, like, helping other people. Whereas before in those other kind of stints of sobriety, like, fucking, I don't want to help anybody. Because, again, I wasn't honest. It wasn't really. It was all, it was all hustle. Uh, but now in helping people, I mean, and the thing is, you don't have to have 10 years of sobriety, nine and a half years of sobriety to help somebody. You could have 15 days and help the guy with one person or two, or two, one day or two days. Um I have a couple guys that I'm helping now and that were, you know, that are newcomers and their stories take me back to day one. And they also get me to see like, wow, that's what I was like, like just fucking seven months ago, man, I was twisted and fucking out of my mind. And, and, you know, it's not, my life isn't like that anymore, but it puts things, it gives me a sober reference and it puts things in perspective. Yeah. And so I, I could totally see asking people, Hey man, start on the 12 steps, start helping other people that you can kind of relate to and see. And then once you hear their stories that really are almost like a mirror for you, then admit that you're fucking powerless and your life is unmanageable or come to, you know, yeah. to believe that. You know, we're talking with Fabian today. Um, he's 38 years old. He's got seven and a half months of sobriety. He's got two beautiful kids. Um, he's been through the ringer, man. You've been through the ringer and you're trying to change who you are and what you do on a daily basis. I watch you since I've met you just you're asking right questions you're you're i watch you sell yourself out in a good way <laughs> you know what i mean it's like you you admit where you're where you're struggling where where you're you, you where you're swinging um 
you know, you're, you're seeing that, you know, you don't always have to hit a home run. Sometimes just hitting a single, getting on base is, is good enough. Yeah. Um, and it's been a treat to watch you kind of walk through this and anything you need, let me know. Thanks, um, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks so much, Ross. Really, I really, appreciate, really appreciate, it. appreciate it, brother. Um, again, if you missed any of our episode, this, this show or any of our other shows, please go on to iTunes. Check me out at Ross Ramin. Um, you can uh, see updates on shows and other things on my Twitter handle. It's just um, at Ross Ramin. Um, I appreciate you guys joining us this week. We'll see you again next week and uh, be well to yourself. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us this week on The Power to Create Yourself. We hope to have you tune in again next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition with Ross Ramin on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have an enlightening week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.